This is Agents Influence Podcast. Somehow the balance of power has been shifted around to where it's not the agents that have the control, it's not even the carriers that have the control. Somehow some major software players in the middle have ended up with the control and it's really time to take back the industry to make sure that people can proceed and have productive businesses and not be stuck in you know 1970s, 1980s filing systems and organization systems. It's time to really refocus on the technology and make life good for the people selling the I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Agents Influence Conversations with me, Jason Cass. Hey, I'm, uh, as always, hyped. Whenever I plan for these podcasts, you know, I build up. I get the emotions flowing, logic. You know, I I get back out the old-fashioned pen and yellow paper, and I scratch on that thing some notes. And this one here is actually long overdue. And we're also going to talk about something today that really... No one ever talks about. No one ever talks about this stuff. And so we're going to talk about it. And not only are we going to talk about this topic, but this person happens to be a COO of one of the greatest companies in that industry. So before I get going on, I want you to know, as I'm going to beat you up for a couple of months because I just got this email from Josh Kempham. I can't really announce your name very well. I apologize. But obviously, with that unique of a name, I'm not the first one to mispronounce that. So I do apologize. And he says to me, I downloaded, I got the AI brain chair and I downloaded all of them to my computer. I started listening to them. And basically, he says he listened to them straight through. And there's two or three things that he took away that he knows is going to put his office in a different trajectory. Now, that's not surprising to me because I was in the room when the recordings were happening. The person that's on the call today was in the room when this was happening. Oh, yeah. And so there's no doubt in my mind. But when I see in the same sentence changing the trajectory of my agency, that's what gets me hyped up. That's what makes me get the pen out with the yellow paper and make the notes. Agents influence is about taking those who have no voice and giving them a voice, giving them a platform. And that's what this is about. And so, hey, if you want to, you can go to AIBrainShare18.com or you can go to InsuranceAgencyIntelligence.com and you can go there and you can purchase these recordings. Do it. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. And also, any of you guys also thinking about, be sure to, to like our page. It's Grow Program or you also find it as Agency Intelligence. It's the same page. Go to Facebook and like us there. We're really starting to take little snippets of things that we're taking in our content. We're going to start posting it more there to give you that, that snippet that sound bite that you can say, okay, hey, someone in my office, you may not want to listen to a 45-minute podcast, but here, here's two minutes. Listen to what this guy says. For instance, like Billy Williams when I posted up about cleaning up your sites. But in the meantime, let's get let's get on with this. And here we go, here we go. Let's start the conversation. I'm rolling right to it. Marcus Hayes, what's up? Not much, Mr. Cass. How are you this morning, man? So nice to be here with you. Why have we not done this yet, Marcus? 
I don't know because I think we're both all over the place and out trying to help agents and we forget that we actually are part of this group together that we can actually have a voice, you know? That's right. I thought this to myself the other day. And it's so funny, like you and I were just chatting and it popped into my head and I'm like, Marcus, why haven't we done a podcast? Let's do one. And he's like, yeah. So Marcus is the, uh, Marcus, tell him who you are, dude. Tell him who you are. So I'm the uh, director of operations at Lightspeed Voice, Marcus Hayes. All right. Now, Marcus, let's get on to the thing that the loyal listeners always want to hear. Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? I'm a Droid user. What do you think? Come on, man. I'm loving this podcast already. (laughs) Okay. So what's amazing is, is you're an executive because you obviously don't listen to all the podcasts. I get it, Marcus. But what we usually find out is, is that more of the executives, the C-suite, they use the iPhone, but the tech and dev guys, they're more of the Android users. Any reason why do you have that? Do you have that tech background or what? I've got the tech background and I've got the management background. So I have to bring the best of both worlds together and it's only Android, only way to go. Oh yeah, you heard it first. Okay, so a second question. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I love to win because I never hate to lose. Losing is always going to teach me something. And if I lose, it's time for a bigger and better lesson. I like to win, win, win. What, what, what? You know, remember that song? Throw <laughs> your hands I up. But you can sing, sing some more for us. I think I, I, I think them all around. Wave them all around. Yeah, no, okay. So anyway, so if you guys, you know that when you get off this podcast, everybody listening right now, you're going to go find that song. <laughs> okay, so, and then some of the people are like, no, Cass, it was so terrible. I don't even know what song it was. But I'll tell you what, it was in my head, Marcus, and it was jamming. You know, I liked it. I was right there with you. Were you? Okay, good. I thought, yeah, I saw your hands in the air. Hey, Marcus, let me see. Let me ask you this. So where you are today in life, I mean, you've climbed the ladder, you've helped develop and grow a great company. What do you think has been more of an impact on your life? The fact that you have skill or that you had luck? You know, I think it is luck and learning that you don't have the skill is what has really impacted my life. Being able to learn from others and also look back at everything that I've done wrong or attempted to do that might have been half right, but been able to actually reach out and learn from everybody else. I think that's really where the impact comes of what's made me who I am. So you said it was good. And I want to make sure I got this because you said it was luck, but it was learning that you didn't have the skill. Exactly. So that, that's good. Can you guys see? I mean, we're six months into this and he's just popping sound bites already. I can't wait for the next, I don't know, maybe 20, maybe hour. They, they know how we are, Marcus, and they know how I am. Like, I really don't know how long this will be. It's just because I'm telling you what, when you put Marcus and Cass in the room, you better watch out. Vegas is still trembling. I mean, it's still like, whoa, gosh, those guys just left, you know? Well, you mentioned being in the room. I'll tell you what, if people weren't in the room, they want to listen to all of the audio, seeing everybody come up with their ideas, not worried about their ego, not worried about their status in life. Man, that room was rocking. I learned more in that one show, Jason, than I've learned in like the last six, 12 months. It was amazing. It really was. And I appreciate you saying that. And I mean, I, it really was. I've listened to the recordings, not all the way twice. I listened to them once and probably about half. And the reason why we I've kind of stopped is because we keep listening to sections of when Matt and Zach spoke. Yeah. Really, really important. The conversation we had about data 
at the end when that kind of, you could really kind of feel the tension in the room where it wasn't between any of us. It was us and the industry and our companies and them holding that data. That was an exciting part. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. And it was just amazing. What's the most important part is, is the networking just in between. You know what I mean? People getting to know you. And it was, that was a good, that was good stuff. That was good stuff. But anyways, okay, bro, here's what we got. One of the biggest conversations that I see going on, okay, is that, wait, full disclaimer, I use Lightspeed voice. Just want you to know. Also disclaimer, I make no money from using Lightspeed voice. I've had a a lot of my sponsors come to me and say, Jason, why don't you make more money than you are by taking, we'll give you a revenue share. Believe me, folks, it happens with all companies everywhere. I'm like, no. Like, I just want to just tell people about you. The thing is, is see, I need you to be successful, Mr. and Mrs. Sponsor, so that then I can, then the agents can be successful. So that's how that kind of works. So Marcus, so out there, I see this number one question all the time. Hey, I'm thinking about getting a new phone system. Which phone system should I get? Or, (laughs) hey, I'm looking at Ring Central. What Ring Central should I get? And then, you know, hey, and all this. And Marcus, just so everybody knows, yeah. I've had in the last eight years, started my agency 2010, I have had six phone systems and I had five of them prior to 2015 in those first. And then from 2015 on, and people are like, what the heck? I was so unhappy because I needed a phone that was agile and moldable, right? And at that time, that wasn't happening. People weren't thinking that way. And I was, and I was like, I need this. And now here we are three years that I've been with Lightspeed Voice. And the reason is, is because you guys are so moldable. You're not the same company you were three years ago. Not even close. What's going on out there in this industry that whenever I put in VoIP phones, I get 7 million hits. I can look for three, four, five pages back. And it's like, where's all this insanity coming from? What's going on? People saw quick profits and it just became about commoditizing the space. Of course, you get Mob Bell out of things and all of a sudden people just want to jump in to make as much money as, as possible. And don't get me wrong, it's a profitable industry. But it takes a lot to put into this. I mean, just taking care of clients and the technology on the back end to do things right, that's where survivability comes from, right? And we see all of the big players out there, yeah, they've got million-dollar marketing budgets, but they don't care about the rest of the space. They are churn and burn and just out to get your initial setup fee, and then they don't care if you move on to the next place. There's no uh, long-term survivability out there. And then let's get let's get to the bottom of this just so people know. There's really not a whole ton of companies out there. There's a lot of companies, but actual infrastructure there's of how these things are built. A lot of them don't own their infrastructure. They're just borrowing off of somebody else who could possibly be borrowing off of somebody else. They're just white labeling. Exactly. How does that look? Explain that ecosystem to the listeners. Well, not only the white label, everybody hears about moving to the cloud, we're moving to Amazon, we're moving to Google, we're moving to Microsoft Azure, whatever it might be. The big problem with that is, It's shared infrastructure for thousands of people at a time. It's controlled by somebody else. You just don't know what you're getting when you're getting it. So somebody fat fingers a new setting that they're putting in, and it takes down half of the East Coast of the U.S. for internet. We've seen it two or three times in the last year. So people are taking other people's products, slapping their name on it, and just selling it for an upsell. With us, we decide, I I mean, first of all, back up a little bit, we're all a bunch of geeks here at Lightspeed. So not only do we have the business side, but we are hands-on. We don't want to hand our stuff off. So we've got data centers. We've got 
equipment. I mean, we buy this stuff, manage it, build it ourselves. So when something breaks, I'm not calling some Joe Schmo company and praying to God I get somebody on the phone to help me. I'm the person that can help me. I'm the person that can help the clients. So we don't like this whole outsourcing to the cloud. It, it sounds all good and great, but, you know, hands-on, taking care of it, manage it yourself, and actually build something worthwhile, right? Marcus, whenever... I won't mention the companies because that's not the point. What the point the loyal listeners need to know is, is when I was going from one company to another company, like in 2012 to 2013, whatever it was, I actually found out that the two companies that I was with, they were actually the same company or they were on the same infrastructure. They just had a different name. So when I went from one and then I joined it and I was like, hey, I don't like this. And I tried to stay with it for six or eight months. And then I jumped to the other one and I didn't like that. And I left, I looked back and I did some research, really starting to say, you know, even Travis, Travis like, dude, pick a system (laughs) and stay with it, you know? So that was amazing to me. I was like, oh my gosh, I actually was with two different companies, but I was using the same system. No wonder they both sucked the same exact way, right? Think about the reality of the whole infrastructure itself. So we like to think that we're so advanced and and we've got this technology down. We've got our World Wide Web and our 4G and our 5G. Reality, the telephone network is still the same telephone network that has been placed since the late 1800s, early 1900s. And we have made marginal upgrades most of the equipment that runs the stuff is still from the 40s, 50s, 60s, believe it or not. Wow. So when we're actually like terminating calls to an area or getting calls from somewhere, it still has to go to this massive piece of equipment that goes out to Copper Line somewhere or comes back in from Copper Line somewhere. But we haven't gone that far in our country in technology. So when anybody is actually selling this technology and talking about new and great voice over IP yeah, it's voice over IP to some extent, but it still has to deal with Ma Bell somewhere out there. So it's still old technology. Now, would it be fair to say that 5G could change that? Could we maybe finally shed infrastructure, physical infrastructure, if we can get a signal strong enough? They say that there's um, 5G is so strong that cars will be able to drive off of it. What do you know about this? Anything? Yeah, the problem with the 5G is the high frequency, and it's going to be short distance, but the speed and reliability is going to be there, and it's just going to be saturated. And I do think we're going to get off of some of this antiquated infrastructure with some of the new rules FCC is putting in place for number liquidity and and being able to actually move your number places. We've got portability now, but the reality for porting a phone number, it's just tagging it as a different provider, but it still has to reside in that location that you live in. It doesn't actually move to somewhere else. So 5G is going to help along with the FCC uh, rules for being able to have phone numbers that can go to different areas and not be locked down to 1970 phone systems. <laughs> wow. So if I have 618-322-5595, that's my cell phone number here, and I move to Arizona and I keep that phone, that number is still essentially here. So when I'm calling somebody, it's coming all the way back here and then to that person. Exactly. You have the cell providers picking it up and sending it all the way back over fiber somewhere, and it's still coming out of the same central office is what they're called, the locations where the phone equipment is. Still the same central office, no matter what you do. Wow. Had no idea. So, loyal listeners, if you're falling asleep, I apologize. This is geek stuff. Hence the reason why the company is called Agency Intelligence, like like we're geeks like that. So anyways, so how long has Lightspeed been around? We've been around since uh, 2009, and not a lot of people really knew about us. We 
accidentally became a national voice over IP company. And I think that's kind of an important thing to say because we talked about luck earlier and where we get to where we are in life. Tell us that story. So the company was break fix, taking uh, viruses off of uh, college guys' computers. Imagine how that really goes in a college town in Gainesville, Florida. Not the, the most luxurious uh, kind of job there. So managed to get a job at this time. You know, money was money. And we would say yes to any project and got a community that wanted us to replace their entire phone system and cable system with their own equipment. Of course, back in the day, Lightspeed Solutions said, sure, we can do that. Now, I want to tell everybody we had no idea what we were doing. And we faked it until we made it. It was the most terrible system ever, but it was on margin. And we thought, you know, I think this is what we need to do. So started doing voice over IP, integrated with a company that actually served Allstate agents uh, randomly because they were out of Tampa. And quite literally overnight, the company became a break-fix company to a national provider of voice over IP services. And kind of going to that same sentiment, we were terrible for a couple of years. I think, you know, a lot of the companies that come out and, and want to provide good service, people think you can just throw it together and do it. You cannot. It took us a good three, four years to be able to tighten everything up and actually get a product that was stable and worked. And we spent millions of dollars to make that happen and lots of tears and lots of blood. <laughs> I bet. And if I'm correct, you guys, you guys kind of got where your big deal came in is somehow you got the attention of Allstate. And yeah. then Allstate came in and I mean... More than half of the Allstate offices, am I right? How, what's that? Are, you, are the providers for Allstate? Yeah, we are uh, serving now about 25 to 30% of the agent's force across the country. And, you know, that's something that we are so very proud of because it's not because we went out and spent a million dollars on marketing. It's not because we went out and just made every deal that we could possibly make. It's been long and hard fought for reputation. We've got big players like Ring Central, Bonage, Phonality. Those guys are less than half of what we serve in the Allstate industry, and they can outspend us every day. The one thing that we, we shine on is our reputation and what we do for our clients. And I know sometimes it sounds like a kitschy sales pitch, right, that you know we're here for our clients first. But I can't begin to tell people how much that means to us internally for our culture. We eat, sleep, and breathe that sentiment that our customers come first because success out there is our success. And the only way that we win is by trying to make everybody that we come across successful and actually take care of them and do what we say. Outside of that, you know, it's it's served us well, and we're pretty proud of the numbers we've been able to put forward. Yeah, because you guys don't do a lot of advertising and marketing other than just supporting agents, sponsoring events, going and just putting your money out there. But yeah, but more than what's even better, you put your hand out there and you're kind of shaking hands. And that's why, I mean, that's what a lot of people say to me whenever they're having these discussions. Everybody's um, online, someone's saying, hey, who should I look at? Or And then everybody's like, oh, check this company out. And it's like the same three or four. And Lightspeed Voice doesn't ever get mentioned because you guys don't spend all the huge money on it. But what's amazing is, is what a lot of times people don't realize is, is that was the same person who was asking that question about two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. And they chose one of those companies 
And now they're trying to find something again. And for all you guys that are out there with some of those companies that Marcus just mentioned, when they say, sorry, we got to go to level one or level two or level four support, it's probably because it's built on somebody else's infrastructure and they're literally having to call that a person. And if that person can't figure it out, they got to call the people they're buying it from. And that's the whole reason why you're having this. I have never been told I need to talk to a level one or level two support at their level three. It's whoever just answers the phone and they say, hey, what's your problem? And I just say it a lot because the word customer service gets overused. That's the reason why I wrote the book about customer experience because everybody uses that word so much. But when everybody say like, what's the number one thing about them, which is changing, Mark and Marcus, it used to be customer service. Now, the reason why it's not customer service anymore, in my opinion, is because that's number two, because number one, which has become really big lately to me is integration. And the way that you guys are so open to everything I've kind of said, hey, Marcus, I see a lot of people, they're kind of wanting this. A lot of people and a lot of people that are with Lightspeed Voice are inside the mastermind as well, because the yeah. mastermind understands how awesome you are, progressive, forward-thinking agents that want to do things. And I've always been impressed at, hey, Marcus, maybe we need to do this. And you guys create things like the follow-up tool, which you should talk about here in a little bit. But also... It's amazing that when you were at AI Brainshare, <laughs> you like sat there and you like listened and you're like, dang, guys. Okay. I, I guess Cass didn't tell me about all this. And it's like, hey, who do you guys want? And we're like, hey, we use Active Campaign. And here you come back to us. Like, this was like three days ago. So it's like on the 25th or 26th. And it, like two weeks later, you're like, all right, man, we got that wrapped up. Uh, we need a beta now. And it's like, what? The dude who, Austin Moorhead, who does all my automation, I tell him what I need and he sketches it out for me and creates it in an active campaign. He's like, dude, he's like, this is sick. He's like, the way this integration, and he's like, I'm going to be able to do some killer things for you. And so, boom, boom, boom. And so that's what I think now is the drum beat that I'm going to start beating for you guys. Is the fact of number one, I like the way you do your integration, but number two, you're very open and quick moving when it comes to getting that integration integrated. What do you think, Marcus? Well, yeah, because I mean, you and I have had some lively conversations here in just the last couple of days over this. And you know, I'll reiterate here, I posted a video just the other day about buzzwords and technology and integration. So it is so easy to get caught up in the whole same sentiment is moving to the cloud, but I've got open API and I've got this. And the reality is that really just means that some company has looked at everybody and said, okay, I'm going to build something one size fits all. And you guys can use this how it is or not use it. We don't do that. I mean, we've got APIs and yes, we could quote unquote, open them up and publish them. But our reality is every single one of our clients does something different. Cash, you don't do things in your office the way that the independent four miles away from you does and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. I mean, so when we look at a product and we look at your needs, we try to find out what you actually need, what you actually wanted to do, and then we'll go back and build it. I mean, it's been very rare in our history that we said no to an integration because it's a win-win for everybody. But we don't get caught up in the buzzwords, which kind of hinders us a little bit because I found out just as a you know, brain share, a lot of people don't realize that we would go out of our way to do this So that's a little bit on our bad. But now that I think people are starting to see, we're going to build it based on what they need, not what we think that everybody wants. That's kind of how we approach it. Very uh, unique. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merged? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, 
what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. No, it is unique, Marcus, and I don't think that you realize how unique it is. And loyal listeners, listening to it, listen right now to what he's saying. So what he's saying is he's saying you're hearing this open API. Oh, we have an API. Oh, we do. But guess what? That's a one size fits all. So I've even heard Kiki Johnson, Marcus, talk about this with open API and data transfer. She would say, I'm limited to what their API allows me to do. That's what she would say. And so whether, hey, that's great, Jason, that you want that data in your mobile app. But if they're not going to allow that, if their API does not allow that, we can't. If their API does, we'll make it work. And I think that's what you're saying here, Marcus. And loyal listeners, listen up. Don't be fooled by, hey, I they have an open API, so I'm going to go them. Because I was. Until really Marcus has explained this to me in the last month. It's like, Okay, I see this. Marcus, when you first told me, you said, Jason, I'm just going to tell you right now, we don't have an open API. I about fell over into the table when I was in Vegas. I'm like, son of a gun, the people that I've been supporting my whole freaking time, now people are going to be like, Cass, they don't even have an open API. But you said, no, 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 Cass. We're going to create the same concept, but we're going to customize it for what they need. And I thought that that was really, really interesting to say that, to say, well, hell, that's better than an open API. You know what I mean? 150% better than an open API. I mean, we, we run into it all the time. And there are some software packages out there that we have users that use that have, quote unquote, open API. And what we find when we're trying to integrate, it does maybe 75% of what someone needs. But then we try to get the other 25% added in there. And you can't because this is the framework they've built. It works the way it works. And that's it. So you have to go through a year-long committee study to figure out if they're actually going to do anything different. And it stops business. It stops progress. It stops people's ability to actually be productive in the businesses that we all run every day. And to us, that's just a little bit of, it's a little bit crap. It is because right now we're being led to an open API trough. That's really, this is all the water there is based on this. But when you're looking at some of the stuff that you're doing, I really like this because I want the loyal listeners to really understand this impact. We've just accepted that when these two companies join their API together, whatever transfers back and forth is what we get, right? That's, I think, to, up to the last month, Marcus, 
I just yep. thought that's the way it was. Like, okay, that's the only data they're able to transfer or whatever. Okay. Now I understand there's limits on things, but what I'm saying is, is it reworked my mind to say, oh my gosh, okay, I see that a little bit differently now. And so I now have the questions I'm going to ask. Like, do you have an open API? And am I wrong to ask, Marcus, is that API customizable? Does that make any sense? You couldn't do that? No? I think that's the best question to ask. Is your API customizable? What API support do I have from your developers and or your support team? Yeah, great. Open API. I see it on your website. But, you know, tell me what you're willing to do when that API doesn't work for me. I think that is a a 100% valid question, especially now when we're signing contracts for a year, two years, three years for uh, software as a service. You don't want to get stuck in something that you're going to be able to get nothing out of for that one, two, three year agreement that you have on your your software platforms now. That's right. And like, so if you have if you have some kind of open API today, that's not going to necessarily be maybe what you need in like you're saying in one year, two years or three years. And you could possibly be stuck into that. And I, I agree emphatically with that. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Well, I would also say, Jason, when, you know, even taking the product out of it as a business owner, I think we all forget to have the conversations with our vendors. Instead of thinking that you just go buy a package and this is what it is. We're all in an industry that is very dynamic and is changing almost every hour. So have the conversations with all of your vendors, whether it's your software for your agency management systems, your phone vendors, whoever it is, and make sure that that is a company that's going to be able to actually grow with you and be an investment and not a line item on your expenses. If you're looking at services, whether it's your agency management system or your phone service as an expense you know, you've really got to retrain yourself to look at this as an investment and to make sure the people that you're investing in are going to work with you. Absolutely. And here is, to be honest with you, Marcus, so I'm just going to come to the other side here and just say, here's where you guys are terrible. <laughs> wow, this is dangerous. I didn't know we were going this deep. Because <laughs> it has nothing to do with what anybody would think. Where you guys are terrible is, is you guys have a bunch of great information that you could give valuably to the people out there who are making decisions right now that's going to affect them in three, five, four, six years. I think you guys should have an obligation and a duty. And I know you guys are tech guys and I know you guys are tech geeks and you like your phone system, but there's companies out there that you could hire that would help you get this information out. Now, I understand you guys grow off referrals and he's this and that, but how many times do you talk to somebody who's still amazed at their screen, that there's an uh, uh, ability out there for their screen to pop open to someone who calls in and then it, it records and files it to that client's file in the AMS? I tell this to people when I speak and like literally 20% of the class knows that. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself like, oh my God, I've had this forever. Like, I cannot believe these people don't know this. This. And they don't know those simple things. They don't know about your infrastructure. They don't know about customizable APIs. They don't know about the questions to ask. You're sitting here saying, asking your vendors, and they don't know the questions to ask because people like you who have the answers, you're not putting it out in a context form where people can read and comprehend that at their own time. And that's what I challenge Lightspeed Voice to do. That's where I challenge you say, this is a weakness in our company. We are profitable and we need to get our story out. You guys have a story that needs to be told, Marcus. And that's that's just the truth. Yeah, and we feel the same way. We know we're really lacking at that. And we especially see it on education levels from especially our independent agent side. 
we have taken quite a few years to build up any kind of influence in that industry. And that's one thing, and I'll give you some more kudos here, Jason. I know you love the kudos, but (laughs) one really exciting thing that we've been able to accomplish, especially coming into this year, I feel really good about being able to get this message out on an education level, on the independent side, on a national level. So as you know, we're joining the uh, ACT group uh, for the technology side uh, next month. Mm -hmm. We're going to be at Ivan's Connect now. I think between BrainShare, its members, uh, IAOA, and those guys, uh, we're really starting to get a national presence for education for independent agents, not just focusing on show-by-show, state-by-state. So we're really, really excited about that. And we, we give you, commend you for being able to pull a lot of that together. It's, it's going to be pretty awesome for all the agents, I think, and us to get that story out there. It is. And you are coming to Ivan's Connect and I'm going to be there as well. And hey, side note, I was just talking with Ivan's yesterday and they told me, I was like, oh yeah, I'll be there um, Sunday. And they're like, oh, okay, that's great. We're going to have like a little pre-party, pre-registration thing on Sunday. And I was like, oh, I was like, I'm coming in Saturday. I said, but I'll be there Sunday. I thought that the Ivan's Connect was on Sunday. And they're like, no, that's just a little pre-registration. It's actually on Monday. And I'm thinking to myself, I swore it said Sunday. So I would never have looked again. I, I thought it was on Sunday too. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I mean, I guess I read this somewhere wrong and I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I am so glad I would have never looked again. I just would have drove down there Saturday. And I've been like, I'm just gonna say, hashtag applied scheduling. <laughs> yeah. So it's Monday. So it's Monday, which is great because you get in on Sunday and I thought, yep. man, I'm going to miss Marcus. But yeah, so boom. So I'm going to have to come in, obviously, a day later, too. So uh, let's try and do uh, dinner Sunday. But anyway, sorry, guys. Marcus, they're used to this, okay? The loyal yeah, listeners know. It's all good. Well, just- I was going to tell them that if they're in the mood to learn about the technology, come join us in Nashville the beginning of next month. What is it, the 14th, 15th, something like that? I think it's the 14th, 15th. But then again, Marcus, they may not want to listen to us. You may want to find out yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> So Marcus, yeah. And if you go to know what Ivan's Connect is, Ivan's is your download, obviously. The, it's the mail, it's the post office is what I call it for all of our data between the companies and our AMSs. And you should uh, come to that because what we do is they talk and they'll have like the advisory board of the agents, which is us for the companies. And then they'll have a lot of AMS systems in there and they'll talk to each of us individually. And then they'll bring us all together and highlight some of the stuff they're doing. But then what's important is, is they open it up to where we can talk to each other. Imagine that. Meaning like we can say, you know, hey, this is something that's a need for us, blah, 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 blah. And the CIO of Hartford's right there and says, da, 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 da. And the AMS is, and it's amazing when you get everybody, Marcus, in the same room. Like, it's really amazing because now it's not like you can't just sit there and go, well, the management companies, this and that. No, because the top six management companies are sitting right on the other side of the room listening. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it's amazing how you sit there and watch people go, okay, we can do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. It's like, guys, why do we have to get in this physical room for this all to happen? You know what I mean? Like, Pretty much. I mean, they forget that the agents are the people out there selling the policies and interfacing with the clients. And somehow the balance of power has been shifted around to where it's not the agents that have the control. It's not even the carriers that have the control. Somehow some major software players in the middle have ended up with the control. And it's really time to take back the industry to make sure that people can proceed and have productive businesses and not be stuck in, you know, 1970s, 1980s 
filing systems and organization systems, it's time to really refocus on the technology and make life good for the people selling the policies and make it a fluid environment. Why not make more money by actually being able to utilize the data that you already have? Boom. Uh, so making it so difficult to do that. That's right. And, and you know, you're taking it, you're calling it, taking it back. And, and, and my boy LL Cool J said, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. <laughs> Sorry, it's a great song. I know you know it, Marcus. That's, 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 How much coffee you had over there? No, 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 just, no, actually, just one cup. I had the blonde Starbucks blonde latte today. Yeah, the warm. I usually get the cold, but I got the warm today because it's getting a little cold outside, you know? Yeah, I don't want to hear it. 92 in Florida cats. Oh, I don't want to hear yeah. it. <laughs> sorry. I forgot. I forgot where you were. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. a little different yeah. here. And it's only it's like 74 to here today, completely sunny. So that's like actually San Diego weather because no humid. It's beautiful here. But yeah. the mornings are getting there and you know it's starting to get that crisp fall air and, and I'm sad, you know. It's it's like, oh man, you know, because don't cry. I, just get your pumpkin spice latte. No, I don't do yeah. pumpkin spice. I do blonde flat. Now knock it off. Okay. Now the, the thing is, is that so I have to change my kind of the things I do, right? Like, okay, so I drink vodka. If I drink liquor in the summer, I always drink vodka and it's usually lemonade. And it's and, and for all the loyal listeners, usually when I'm out on the boat or something, okay, but uh, or Friday or Saturday. And so, but usually when the fall and winter come, I usually change it over to like a whiskey or a bourbon and Coke. I notice I do that. I drink cold coffee, obviously, in the summer, but I got to go to hot when it starts to get like this. You have any of those weird changes, Marcus? No, no. You know, Christmas, we are putting the uh, lights on our palm trees and still wearing <laughs> shorts and wondering why we're still sweating. So, you know, I don't have any of this lovely, amazing season change that you have over there. You know what? My uncle, he lives in Pensacola. And after I graduated high school, I went and lived with him. And I lived with him for, it was, I guess that was the summer of 97 or the winter of 97. I was in Pensacola, Florida, and he had this party a week before Christmas and I was in shorts and a t-shirt and everybody's coming in like wearing like Santa hats, you know, cause you can't, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this seems so weird. Like this is not Christmas because you just didn't have the weather, the cold, like, it's you know, not. running from the, running from the car in the driveway into the house because it's so freaking cold, you know? Well, sadly, you know, what we do down here when it's it's getting close to Christmas, we just turn the ACs down to 65 and we just don't leave the house and we close the blinds. So we, we think, God, it is so cold. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, guys. Warming here is what we've got going on in Florida. <laughs> okay. All right. So... <laughs> All right, Marcus. Oh, man, dude, I'm crying a little bit. So anyways, hey, buddy, I appreciate you coming on here. Hey, readers are leaders and leaders are readers. Uh, they, today, not everybody reads books. They get it off audiobooks, magazines, trade magazines, whatever it could be. But it doesn't matter yeah. as long as you're putting it in your brain in a consistent manner. You're going to be considered a reader. And if you're a reader, you're definitely a leader. So what do you read? What do you get your stuff from? You know, sadly, I don't get to read anywhere near as much as I want. I lean on Gary V for my daily motivational. Are you serious? I have to. I have to. You know, I've got to get the happiness from somewhere. I need to smack you. But yeah. 
<laughs> don't worry. I've got a couple coming, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. So you get your daily, I mean, where you don't, but you don't read a lot. I mean, you're flying everywhere. No, I, I keep up with my industry and tech. I'm constantly reading my bulletins for FCC notices. And as boring as that is, it gives me a lot of insight. And also just trying to keep up with you guys. So yeah, that's uh, it's really where I stay 95% of the time. Yeah, it's been good. I should have brought you in a while back, but it's been great having you inside the mastermind as well to give us some you know, some insight on some of the stuff, especially keeping us up to date with the integration. And you'll be able to hear a lot what the agents are talking about. I mean, these dudes are so progressive in the way they think. You know what I mean? Like these dudes are on it. They will hold you to being accountable for technology that their clients are demanding. Don't you love it? Well, we love it. And it surprises me sometimes. So I always tell people we're in a very like cheating scenario in our business. So we deal with the carriers, we deal with the agents, we deal with the partners and the software companies that we all love to hate and hate to love. So we get to see every single side of the business, which, you know, we kind of call it our fantastic espionage space. But as we look at that, your group actually scares me sometimes because out of all the sides we see, they come up with stuff that they want to see and they need to happen. I'm like, wait a minute, nobody else is coming up with this. You guys want to do what? Right. I know. I know. It's pretty exciting to see some of the thought processes. And these guys are literally leaps and bounds ahead of most other people and how they're building their businesses. I mean, look at what Mick's doing with pretty much nationalizing selling policy. I know. That's going to be crazy. It is. It is. And here's the thing. I can't say much because I'll, I'll get in trouble, but I really will. <laughs> you know, we we are in talks with some of these insure tech companies that allow us to quote bind an issue. Something that the you loyal listeners are going to find more out about. I think if you listen to some podcasts from four or five, six years ago, you would see that it's completely opposite of my mindset today. But I I realized something when I was at AI Brain Share that I've been told for a long time that I'm not a insurance agent. I'm a marketer with insurance as a weapon of choice. And that makes sense to me, but that's never been me. It's never really became a label or it's never been an accepted label, let's say that in my brain. And I didn't know why. And the reason is, is it's a long story short. And I went into the the mastermind meeting yesterday. We went into this in pretty big detail, but it's because I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. And when I'm going to be an entrepreneur, it means I stop thinking like an insurance agent and I stop thinking like a business owner. And I start to say uh, minimum limits of 100, 300 is all we sell in our agency. We don't write anybody that has no prior insurance. We offer autos and homes. And I will be honest to tell you that we treat and get our, our people who are monoline auto, monoline home a little differently than the package. We're constantly trying to nurture those relationships into, it's not like they're getting you know to the, the redheaded stepchild uh, treatment. But my point is, is that I also realize that if that consumer online is going to keep doing that, if that's what they want, and let's say every day it's only getting bigger, it's not getting smaller, of people who feel more comfortable to go online. By looking at the ways that things are done to where when they go online, it doesn't look like your Raider that you use in your agency. It actually looks like it's very blocky gamification, very simple, three columns. Here's insurance at minimum limits, not much coverage at all. Here's the middle one, good for a family of two, basic, good coverage. Here's option three, high limits made for a professional. I mean, you can see like it's really, really been 
studied through the data that you can lead the person in the right direction, especially using AI and machine learning to know that person's characteristics more than they actually do and to be able to give them advice along the way in the quoting process. My point is, is that thinking like an entrepreneur makes me realize that I've got to put that stuff aside. If I want to keep the insurance alliance and keep those my standards upon the many other that we have, that's okay. But I also know that if I'm an entrepreneur, which by discovering this I am, I've reinvented my brain since AI BrainShare to say, it's okay to accept the other. And if I can create an automated agency that's going to be from beginning to end with no human interaction, and that's what the client wants, and it can be developed, I'm all for that. And because as an entrepreneur, I want to look at those different things. But here's what I've discovered, and I'm wrapping this all the way back around to the mastermind. Upon talking with these insurance tech companies, I've realized they still are insurance companies. They still do want volume. A lot of them will not give you access to their information until you actually are to their API and to get that immediate QBI, quote by an issue, unless you bring them volume. They'll put you with an MGA, you have to build up volume there, and then they'll maybe appoint you. This is the beauty of the mastermind. Because people in our mastermind are not going to have to be susceptible to that. The reason is, is because there's power in numbers. And when I am honored to lead a bunch of agents like I have the opportunity to do every day and to learn from them and realize that I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room, nor do I want to be, I start to realize, and I've brought that up to these insure tech companies saying, hey, I have these guys and gals that are rock stars and we can bring it. And guess what? I've now got appointments with the head of insurance of those companies because they're now saying, like, they're giving their API to Liberty Mutual. They're giving their API to uh, AIG. And the reason they're doing it is because they know they have a mass amount of agents that they can bring the heat and the thunder. And that's another beauty of the mastermind. And Marcus, I went off on that because I wanted to end the podcast with that, letting people know that it's okay to be a business owner. It's okay. But it's also okay that if you feel as if there's something more, it's okay to be an entrepreneur and maybe start to question some of the things that you've always thought about. Because I want to end with this. There's growing and there's scaling. Two different things. When people grow things, you're trying to increase a bottom line. You're trying to provide a great service, great product, and you're trying to cut the expenses to increase profit and revenue. But when you scale things, you are trying to do that in a proportional manner. So here's what I say. Rich people, they grow things. Wealthy people, they scale them. Think about that. Who are you? One's not worse than not. One's not better than the other. They're just both possibilities. Really question who you are. And no matter who it is, it's okay. Marcus, anything that you want to finalize by saying? Anything you want to wrap this up with? No, man, that was a good ending. I would say uh, same thing. Don't be afraid of opportunities. Don't let uh, issues get in your way like uh, famous Dr. Billy Williams tells us and continue to break the mold. Don't let a process or the status quo or buzzwords stand in your way of running an exceptional business. Be there, be honest to yourself, be honest to your clients, love it and do it. This has been Marcus Hayes, Director of Operations I say COOO of Lightspeed Voice, the best phone system out there. I don't have to keep going on because you just listened to this podcast. 
But most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support of agency intelligence. We do thank you. Tell Brad, your CEO, that we appreciate his uh, sponsorship as well. We will do it. We appreciate you guys. And uh, as you know, this has been Agents Influence, conversations with Jason Cass. I am out.